This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Real Kipper and Bourne right back at you. Season 2, Episode 7. Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Sammy. We are, of course, live on YouTube. Sportsnet. All the platforms on podcasts. iTunes, Spotify. What else can I say to avoid the debacle we saw last night? What a start, Kipper. Anything else? Let's start off on a happy note. Oh, a happy note? Um, we're on Sportsnet now. Yes, premium. Premium? I don't even know if it is premium For or just not. the low, low cost of what, 80 bucks a month? What is it? Uh, <laughs> so, whatever it is. We have no idea. Whatever it is, just join it. It's Can excellent. we spend the next hour telling people how to register for Sportsnet now? I think at some point we're going to have to address it's, I think whatever it's, the hell that was. Let me just go on a limb and say that Sportsnet now. Just excellent value. Whatever you want, <laughs> just, you know, sign up there. You can get our mugs. You could even get Leafs Talk post-game with myself and J.D. Bunkus. If you want to watch some of that, Borny was on it last night. I'll be Marshall's on it tonight. Everywhere. So there you go. Uh, we, um, we, over the last few years, have been uh, accused of being overly critical of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> and I really think that uh, this preseason, like – We've never been more positive on them. Yesterday, we were all positive. Could Peter not positive. Agree more. Okay. This is our most upbeat, yes. free stretch of Toronto Maple Leafs. Here yeah. they are coming off fault after fault after fault in the Should first round. The division. And yet we're saying um, we've got some good vibes. Even with Matt I'm Murray, we, we think they're going to be fine. That was the whole talk. And then you watch last night and you go, it wasn't good. <laughs> Thank you, Sheldon. Great drop in. And um, you're going, did I misread the tea leaves going into game one here already? And we're not sitting here and saying uh, you're going to live and die on a loss. No. There's going to be a few of them over the course of the season. Can't but win them all. But this one really bothers me like for so many reasons that we did we never saw this coming after game one even on a loss but the way they lost has to be somewhat concerning going into tonight 24 hours later i think what's really concerning is that it's just the same old for me where it's like you know, you thought last year that the team made strides in their emotional maturity. Anytime in the past, it felt like it was going to be easy for the Leafs. They didn't show up and they lost. That's how they lose three times to Buffalo. That's how they give it away a series away to Montreal a couple of years ago. When it's supposed to be easy, you don't get the best of them. It was supposed to be easy last night. They're one of the top two, three betting favorites to win the cup this year. Montreal should be bottom two, three teams in the league. Supposed to be easy. They don't show up. Give pucks away. Wrong side of the puck all night. You lose four to three. You blow it. So same problems. The one thing that we did talk about uh, yesterday was the thought that, uh, you know, and I, I know we started the show saying how many, what are the, what, 
what success the Leafs winning by four goals, five goals. <laughs> but we did mention that Marty St. Louis, he's going to get the guys ready. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a sense here that he will have them It's opening night. Everyone's prepared. excited. It's the Leafs home opener. You're going to get a good push. You're going to get a good push. And yet I can sit here and let's, let's give those kids a lot of credit for, for not only making it a game, but finding a way to win it. But I'm also watching these turnovers and a lot of those odd man rushes mm-hmm. that Sheldon mentioned in the post were, were served to them on a silver platter. Yeah. They didn't earn the odd man rushes. They were given them. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's been a problem with the way that the Leafs can tend to play when they think it's going to be easy, and I mentioned that off the top, but, you know, they just want to go get the next goal. When they think they should be winning, they're, they're cheating, they're ahead, and they're throwing pucks out blindly, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, my God, it's going back quick the other way. And I said last night in that Leafs post-game thing, whatever we're calling Leafs it, talk. best buds. Leafs talk. Best buds, <laughs> yes, Leafs talk. That... Those turnovers, you know, that, you know, those sort of being on the wrong side of things, it reminded me of the Montreal series when they lost to Montreal. It reminded me of outplaying a team that's not as good as you, but being so focused on scoring that you forget about but being on the right side of the pile. Do you think that you can convincingly say that they outplayed the Montreal Canadiens last night? Because I don't fully... I mean, barely. They, did, they were the better team by... They, like, a little bit. Right. But I... Like, I but think they're the better team, I think, 100%. consensus. So yes. you, you, by expecting that, I think you saw them cheating. and Guys, I just, right from the start, from the intros, I was just in a bad mood. Like, they're, they're bringing out every guy that's ever been injured for the Habs in the last five years, introducing them. Everybody's getting a thing. they got to bring out the Bic lighter to light the, the flame at the center ice with Nick Suzuki. They're like, here comes Ted Schneebly, healthy scratch. <laughs> they're going to make him walk the whole airplane Their runway. lineup. That would got to be the worst intro of all time. Like, oh. the crowd is like, who's that guy? Oh. Who's 26 in red? I guess we'll clap. <laughs> How did the least lose to those guys? <laughs> Let, let's go to Sheldon Keefe okay. on, on just, uh, I guess, the lack of detail. What? Let's listen. All right. Well, it was early season sloppiness, but I don't expect that. I mean, for everything our team has been through together, that's unacceptable. we got to be way more responsible. Yeah, early season sloppiness. Got to be more responsible. That responsibility is exactly what I'm talking about, just not having the guys in their positions. And you talked about in our group chat about the the throwing pucks away and all that. That's what he means by responsibility to me. I just don't know how three and a half, four weeks of training camp wouldn't have been talked about and addressed going into an opponent that you saw on the schedule since when? Uh, three weeks after... Colorado got the cup. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the conversation of playing down your opponents uh, snuck up on you. We played it before the game yesterday. It's been the biggest talking point about this team for two seasons. Thank you. Thank you. It's and, always a conversation. And don't look any further than knowing that they lost and gave away the division last year based on that. Mm-hmm. So, as much as Sheldon can come out and give it to the guys, 
at some point, isn't someone going up to Sheldon and saying, how, how was this not addressed in the last month here? How do we walk right in there and play down to our opponents when, when the whole world's been talking about it? See, I'm on the other side of that where at some point if you're Sheldon Keith, you have to trust that your guys understand that, that they recognize that this has been a problem, that they're grown-ups and that they can figure out, okay, I trust that Austin Matthews knows, you know, what our problem has been and I don't have to tell them. You know, I'll let them go out there and show me. Now you, They're not getting it. Well, now it's like a, a kid where it's like, well, you didn't do it enough times that now, yeah. I have, now I have to come in and I have to tell you every time. So I'm sorry you're getting nagged, but... Well, how many chances does Sheldon get to tell them that before you do what most other teams do and, and find another voice? Are you firing the coach after game I'm, one? I'm, I'm just saying that it needs to be addressed one way or another. And I think part of his reaction... Mm-hmm is knowing that he is at the end of his rope when it comes to that. And he had said it. It's like, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And I I really got a sense last night that he knows what's on the line. Oh, yeah, he And knows. he knows his coach, or I'm sorry, his general manager, is not getting an extension. And the whole world knows that we're kind of joined at the hip a little bit here. Oh, the pressure's huge. So he... It, it, it was only game one where Sheldon now is reacting as a guy that sees, uh, can read the tea leaves here. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't keep blowing leads to Buffaloes and Montreals and then find myself in a position where I, people are telling me, well, it's a shame that we couldn't avoid Tampa. And it's like, well, just if you would have won the division, if you would have beat Buffalo a few more times or, or Montreal last mm-hmm. year, you would have won the division and you could have had a different matchup. But he he came across after uh, his in his post game as a guy that's really running out of patience. But knowing that, you know, these guys, my, my future is lying on if these guys finally get this lesson on how to play against lesser teams. Well, to your point, I think the fact that he benched Michael Bunting in game one of the season after he scored in the second period on basically a play that Sammy and I picked apart frame by frame wasn't that bad wasn't great but wasn't that bad a play he's saying to these guys i don't care who you are first line second line third line fourth line i don't care if it's montreal or it's tampa bay everyone is going to be held to the standard this year and you could hear Keith's frustration in the post game let's play the clip that deserves to lose clip which i gave away part of the quote <laughs> but let's play that clip because that that's to me speaks to his frustration i mean there's nothing wrong with our effort it was it was just careless yeah, it's just careless. You know. like I said, I, I expect more. Our group should expect more. Not good enough. So you deserve to lose. Yeah, I see. I mean, it's not effort. But you need an effort to be careful. I like that. I like effort isn't always physical. It's a mental effort to be in the right spots. Yeah, it's like don't take them off the hook because the effort to the attention to detail, the effort to understand your situation out on the ice. Like, read the tea leaves here on when you need to pinch, when Morgan Riley's up, who's backing him up, who's backing him up. Mm-hmm. Like, late in the game, late in the period, I, I think it was uh, the bunting turnover mm-hmm. as well. 
that you're talking about that was, I think, under five minutes in, in the second period. Yeah. And they just cannot read situations when they need to play the percentages, stay safe, stay patient. Yeah. And that's, they just want to run and gun. That's my my takeaway from last night is that if you just trust that you're a good hockey team and you do those things you're talking about, just be where you're supposed to be. You have enough game breakers that you're going to find some pucks. You're going to create it. Just don't let Montreal do the one thing they do well, essentially, which is go the other way and fast break. When they beat Toronto in the playoffs a year and a half ago, half ago and went to the Stanley Cup final, they did it by scoring more goals within like five seconds of a turnover, 10 seconds of a turnover than any other team in the game. Pucks got turned over. They went the other way and they were dangerous. It's about the only thing they do well offensively. And the, the Leafs just didn't have that kind of patience last night. Do you have uh, the uh, the first uh, Caulfield goal? The first one? On, on, on video here. Yep. Can you show it to me? I can. All right. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to walk through a Cole Caulfield, the first goal. All right. This is the so one. that's that's Morgan Riley down low on 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 the goal here here they're two hundred feet away and Morgan goes hard into a, a four check and he is now under the goal line yet twenty seconds into the period twenty yeah. seconds into the period so you got Morgan down low you got Bunting in front of the net and Austin now is in a third uh, high man. Mm-hmm. But he's in a third man high as if Morgan's still back there. Yeah, he's in an offensive position there, not he's a defensive He's in a one. total one. So now he's thinking all offense. And what happens? The puck comes back into the slot, and the Leafs now have literally four guys. Yeah, it's a whole play for Martin. From Martyrs. the hash throwing marks it, in. to nothing good. And now you've got two of the most dangerous player players in Suzuki and Cole Caulfield going on a two-on-one for 150 feet. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a good, exactly what we're talking about. Instead of staying patient, covering off for Riley, just the chances will come. We don't need to create. We're up a goal. Uh, didn't see that much last night. Why don't we listen to Sheldon talk about the fourth goal, and then you and I can take a look at the fourth goal and see if we see some of that. Um, go ahead and play the game-winning goal clip from, from Sheldon. Well, it starts in the offensive zone. We got an opportunity to put the puck in, in deep and just let the clock wind down in the offensive zone. Uh, you know, we're trying to get it to the net. To me, you know, it's a, it's a, that's a tough lane to get get it through. That was one of our issues all night long is we're just, you know, forcing pucks that, uh, that weren't, you know, there's no play there. It's a tough play. You can put the puck to a better spot. And um, that would allow us to, you know, and the game-winning goal is probably let the clock just wind down in the offensive zone, or at the very least, they're not going to be going fast break the other way and getting life again. So it starts there, and then obviously the puck's kind of bouncing around a little bit there, and we give it back to them in our own end too. So it's, again, from what we've been through as a team, as experienced a team as we are, that's unacceptable. Oh, man, that would, this one really would bother me if I'm Sheldon Keefe because here you are, and Monaghan takes the Canadians to the lead late. Mm-hmm. Yarn crock on the wrong side of a pile there. And then Nylander uh, and Tavares, Tavares get, get you uh, back in the game and, mm-hmm. and, and get you at Go least a point. Go get your free point. Go get your point and just... Get your point. You're on the road. Lock it down yeah. to Sheldon's point. But he's got guys out there now 
who probably are out there cookie they monsters. But they're probably out there because they scored, right? He's like, ah, these guys are doing something. And But it, it, that's fine if you know that the, at least they're responsible mm-hmm. to to protect and to read a situation. Michael Nylander is out on the ice with less than a minute to go. And is there a thought in his head, just a a thought about don't get caught, don't get burned on a goal. Worst case scenario is we go in overtime, three on three, I like our chances. No, no, no. no. You know what they're thinking? They want to go win the game. Yeah. And it starts in the offensive zone with under 40 seconds. And it also starts with Justin Hall. Yeah. So Willie goes in the four check and kind of pulls up. Frankly, he could get to the puck first, but whatever Montreal puts it back to Toronto's point. Justin Hall gets the puck just inside the blue line, 35 seconds left. Absolutely no reason to do anything, but put it back into the corner, run the clock out. If you create something great, keep the puck along the wall, right? But he's going to force it to the middle of the ice. He wants to put it on net, and it hits the the Montreal defender's skate, bounces out to the middle, and bam, you got a two-on-one going the other way. Hall's chasing the play. I mean, at that point, now you're running around, right? Now you're filling in the gaps. Everyone's trying to cover for one another. Montreal gets a puck back. They throw it on net. Muzzin gets it and gets solid possession. And what do you get from Toronto's players? Willie's starting to lead the zone, thinking he can pick up, I don't know, Maybe going to rush the other way because Montreal's leaning forward. See, and and everyone's going to sit there and Blake uh, blame Jake Muzzin, which he and, deserves, which some. for sure. Yeah. I am not taking him off the hook, but it's it's the body language of Nylander that's leading him to think that we're going to catch them flat-footed. Go go. And and no one, I, I I don't know what the stats are, but no one has had more breakaways than Willie Nylander. That, that I've known. <laughs> yeah. But the main reason why is because you cheat. Yeah. It's calculated, and yet under 20 seconds to go, Nylander's back is to Jake Muzzin looking for that break on the game-winning goal to be a hero. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Suzuki steps in right in front of Nylander, and Tavares is a little guilty there looking for his cookies too. And... Now you've got Muzzin and Hall trying to play goaltending, right? Yeah, Murray not seeing that puck. Uh, great shot, by the way. Great shot. Hull's nowhere near the shooter, but he's going to go down and, and, and take a good portion of Matt Murray's eyes away. Yeah, which brings us to Matt Murray. Game one, what do you think? If... If the Leafs are going to allow an East-West, I can't think of a more horrible thing for Matt Murray. Matt Murray's a shot blocker who has to come out, be big, and just hope that his ass is covered off the posts. What you saw was anything but. I I thought he was good the first 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, the play worked in a way that it kind of hit him, right? He was in the right spots. As you mentioned, big guy, Uh, good angles, mostly. The Cole Caulfield coming down, He for whatever reason, he was worried about... Uh, the pass or backdoor, you just have to play Cole Caulfield there yeah. and come out and be as big as you can. That glove of Murray's has been an issue for years. Try to take he, he he was just too far back in. Yeah. So then, then there's not there's not one guy I liked 
he's not certainly the first finger I would point at mm-hmm. in this hockey game. I am, you know, I am curious to know, to see if Matt Murray makes some sort of change because he's so wide. He's so low and wide that he can't, as you mentioned, east to west, he can't get across the net without doing a couple shuffles because he can't make one good strong push. You know, I guess this low stance, I'm not a goalie coach, but I guess that puts him his glove lower because everything comes down a little bit. You know, what's curious to see, though, is, you know, the, the goalie coach he has now, John Elkin, is a guy who has preached this sort of low style of play and wide. And I think Curtis Sanford, their goalie coach for the team, does not like it as much. I'm curious to know if he makes any sort of adjustment. Just reading guys on Twitter who are goalie guys, Woodley and McKenna and whatever, they think it looks like Murray of old when he wasn't playing well, and that concerns them. And that concerns me as someone while talking about the Leafs. Me Sammy? As, me as well, Justin. I, yeah. Listen, I, I agree with you guys. I thought I was incredibly encouraged for the first 25 to 30 minutes of that game by Jack, uh, Jack Campbell. God. <laughs> oh, we'll, get to, we'll, we'll get to his first three shots Matt, on goal last Matt, night. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I was encouraged by Matt Murray. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked big. I thought he looked squared and everything. But, like, the athleticism is a thing, right? Like, that's, like, it's not a, like you said, Kipper, the East-West stuff is not what his strength is. No. And I'm not, like, all, I don't think he was at fault, really, on most of the goals. I guess the Caulfield one, but that guy rips it. But like one of those ones, you'd like a save yeah. if you're gonna break it down. And like the 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 game, the one that went ahead and make it three two, bounces off Muzzin's skate, lands right on a stick in the slot. Like it's a goal, but you just need one or two saves. And how many times have we talked about that? Like last year, we feel like we said that every t- game. Where it's like, oh, you could have used a save here, you could have used a save there. Now it's we're starting this over again. When they when they th- scored, the Leafs scored to make it three three. I thought of the Caulfield goal, and I was like, "This reminds me of last year with Campbell when he wasn't playing well, where the Leafs are going to bail out their goaltender, and we're not going to have to nitpick nitpick each and every goal because they find a way despite imperfect goaltending. But if you have better goaltending in that game, I don't know. I don't think it's a, you know, the game's won more I, or less. There wasn't a guy to be found that you could say was on the Leafs. On the Leafs. Mitch Marner probably looked as close to what we expect out of him than anyone else. You know what? That, that, that setup to bunting was off the charts. Didn't yeah. like Tavares? I liked Tavares last night. I, I, I thought he, Tavares he, is fine too. Too many giveaways, boys. I'm sorry, but he gives the puck away. He too does. many too, too turnovers. Like get milk off and put on Sarah Lee last night. <laughs> Because they they were turnover machines. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That took me a second. I got you now. Yeah. You you know, I I thought Tavares was he he moved well though. Like I was encouraged. Yeah. You know, I had. I'm trying to think. Like Engvall, I thought was it was okay. Do you see Engvall? Like even on the on the Monahan goal, you talk about a bad break. Go watch the battles lost along the wall from Camp, Mm -hmm. and then the puck comes back to I think uh, Harris. Go watch Engvall get to the point. Yeah. He's eight feet away from him, and he starts going into the double flamingo. To tr- I don't know. He thinks he's going to block it. Yeah. Like, just get on your horse and go hard to the guy. Yeah. Uh, is is get, that get old? The is that, they don't up. do that anymore. Well, what they're supposed to do is get into the lane first. You want to move laterally first, then up and out to the point, so you get in the lane one way or the get other. Get in the lane. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, 
a big concern when we were, I don't know if we actually went through the process of like, what is your worst case scenario for this Leafs team? How, how does it all fall apart if, if it were to go bad? Last night, there was a scenario that made itself clear, and that's that the D is has aged quicker than you expect because Jake Muzzin, I thought, moved like, you know, a 15-year-old golden retriever trying to climb upstairs. You know, it was not nimble. G- Giordano took a penalty. You guys agree that that first penalty is boots-related, no? Yes. 100%. Don't have the the foot speed to You're get back. To pivot. You're just... I, I need to cheat a little bit. Yep. And he got caught. Got caught. You know, I thought Hall. You know, Hall could be on the wrong side of things too. He's in his thirties now. I think going back on pucks, I didn't think he was great. Sandine looks like he hadn't been in training camp. Like the worst case scenario is that the D looks like immobile or older. And I thought they looked really bad. A really bad start for the Leafs D last night. Outside, of, I thought Riley and Brody were a fine pair. Yeah, and like I know we we're. It's obvious caveat that it's all one game and, you know, we can get bent out of shape about it. But I do legitimately think that the way that Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall, but specifically Muzzin, who plays a massive role in this team, I thought the way he looked last night was a massive red flag. Like, I was just concerned pretty much the whole so night the, with him. Some of the concerns last season have already crept into game one. Yeah. So um, how quickly can... Muzzin turn this thing around. Does he need time? Does he need rest? Does he need to think that he's not the player he used to be? It's a scary thought for the Leafs here. Like I, because we've talked about it, he's an, he's an important contributor. That's they need five, him. If I'm not mistaken, that's five nine on the books. Five six two five mm-hmm. for this year and next and next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no move trade or no move clause. No move clause till July first. Then it goes to ten. Oh, does it? I think so. Oh. But by then it it's too late to Oh yeah, no, you're talking this year. This year. The problem is Jake Muzzins are impossible to find and teams don't give them up. Like you cannot I well, understand may give them up, uh well they give you just them up have now. to Pay a hefty price. Well, they, yeah, but I just mean, like, if you want a young version of him, a guy who's effective as good Jake Muzzin, I, I Why do you know. think Buffalo paid Samuelson right. over $4 million for seven years? Just get a guy 6'4", 230, who plays physical and say, okay, we want that. You know who I miss, boys? <laughs> I miss the Boosh. Yeah. can <laughs> Uh... Another disappointment that there was really no uh, physical presence by the Leafs. No. I thought Matthews a couple times looked frustrated and ran into people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we uh, just discuss that season openers out of Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon and Matthews? Uh, very disappointed in Austin Matthews last night. Absolute stinker. And he's usually really good in the first game. Like, when he's played in the first, I mean, we can talk about his rookie year, but I feel like he usually scores a goal in the first game or, like, is really competing in the first game when Mm. he plays it. And I thought last night, like, he, I mean, he also vaporized one off the bar on the power play. Like, he was, like, centimeters from being a ferocious bar down. Right, yeah, one great shot for sure. shift after shift, the one thing I thought that was missing – entirely in his game was pace of play 
Yeah. I didn't see him drive up to a level where usually when he's at the top of his game, man, teams are ch- chasing him. Yeah. They're just they're trying to hang on. They're 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 not getting a piece of him or he's just bumping off of them and 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 going. Yeah. That that, that was missing last night yeah, from him. Yeah, he didn't create anything. Like he, he created absolutely nothing at 5 on 5. Um, oh, no, let's go a little further here. And I, I don't know if anyone's been talking about this all day. Major concern for me, power play. Yeah. Major concern. Last month last... of the season, it stunk, right? Last year? Stunk. And That's an understatement. Yeah. It was horrific. It went from one of the hottest in history, right? They were talking about the Montreal Canadiens at... 30, 1960 Canadians. I don't 30, know what year. 31 and a half, 34%. I don't know. The Leafs were historically right up there. Yeah. And then I don't know what that, that stretch they went through. Do you remember? It was like two and 48 or something. I, I'm listen. I know Austin Matthew shoots it like no one else. And I know he shoots it, you know, shot it off the, the post yesterday. I know William Nylander shoots it like crazy from that other side or whatever. I hate that they're not on their one-timer sides. The catch-and-release wrist shot thing, I hate it. I hate that they can't get rid that of it That game quicker. alone could have been looked after with the power play. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Go to the the following uh, doubleheader game Snobby. last night, Edmonton and Van. Down 3 nothing. Edmonton's tic-tac-toe. Power play. Leon out of the middle to Connor. Oh, power play. So good. Six seconds later, Vancouver's digging the puck out of their net. It was nasty. The Leafs shouldn't be nasty. They should be nasty. Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, right. Where was any nastiness on their power play last night? No nastiness. Non-nasty. Yeah, no, it's a good point. You know, and I think you text our group pretty early into things. Like, the boys went the full two minutes on the first unit, first first PP of the year. It's like, ah. There was a there was another one where they they went two and a half two and a half. <laughs> Mar- Marner needed to come back and save a goal. He's playing after D after, after two over minutes. two minutes. Yeah. I got a uh, that reminds me to to listen to Chris Cuthbert's uh, call last night describing uh, the second power play unit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, boys, if you're listening to the show, get you get used to this line. Now the second unit comes out and. Just 10 seconds left in the power play. <laughs> there. Hey, boys, yeah. good luck. Yeah. Good luck. The coach is going, don't, don't say hey. we don't put you on the power play. You got time for one hey, shot. I, I want a hard 10 seconds on <laughs> all those things that we talked about in practice. Yeah. Can you just do them in 10 seconds? The stupidest thing, too, is that messes up all the lines after. Like, if there's only going to be even 20 seconds left, you don't even put out a second unit. Just put out the next line. You know, That's amazing. You know? Yeah, it's uh, so not not a great uh, look out of the gates. Did we? We haven't done the Matt Murray clip from Keith yet. Do you want to just complete sure, our run absolutely. of Kipper's Clippers? Yeah, because I I, I want to follow it up with where does this scenario go? Where do we think it'll go? Okay, I like it. I thought our guys hung him out to dry. It's it's uh, one of the most dangerous teams in the NHL in the rush. You know, ever since their coaching change last year, they established themselves as one of the most dangerous teams in the rush. Caulfield, Anderson, these guys are some of the most dangerous shooters there are off a of transition. And 
we talked a little about that this morning, talked about it before the game and fed right into it. Awfully high so praise for So we're going to see Samsonov we are. tonight. Yep. As we knew all along once the schedule came out. Sammy's wearing a Samsonov jersey. Sammy. Sammy, Sammy. We, uh, we assume despite whatever happens tonight won't really change anyone's mind in terms of coming back with Matt Murray yes, Saturday night. Yes, it will. Are you crazy? Are we that early? What if he gets like a 30-save shutout against his former team? tonight, you cannot oh, convince me God. you're playing Matt Murray on well, Saturday no, night. They will play Matt, they'll play Matt Murray on Saturday night against his former team, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we and you also you got to give him some you, games. You, 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 you want to bail on no, Matt no, no, Murray no, no. I don't that bail. fast? No, but you said that you're going to give these guys a chance to have the crease. And if one of them is better than the other, are you honest or is Matt Murray the starter? Someone traded a column about this in a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. And I just wonder now in terms of especially listening to Sheldon Keefe saying that he got hung out to dry, that one is totally on protecting yes. Matt Murray. It is. And they did this with Jack And to protect last year too. Matt Murray means that we're not living and dying by last night. And, and that's and, 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 and the thought uh, and, and the quote from Kyle Dubas was we're going to monitor them daily or, you know, from moment to moment. No, you're not. You got to, you have to, you, you got to give this guy a legitimate you shot do. here. You do. You got to give him a legitimate shot. And uh, in talking to goalie people about Murray, his performance last night, People said that, you know, when a golfer tries to make a swing change and uh, all of a sudden it's they're in contention in the back nine and there's a lot of pressure and they revert back to their old habits, mm. right? The pressure oh, comes God, and you fall back that. to your old habits. That was maybe Matt Murray last night. What you know about pressure? <laughs> you know, you're in, you're in Montreal. Your first game is a leaf, a scrutiny of Kipper and Porner watching. You know, you need to be good. And you revert back to your old habits. Yeah. There's a chance he goes back. You know, he finds his whatever changes he's made. And last night wasn't the guy we're going to see. Maybe it's not the guy. Maybe he'll be better. I have just, like, the thing is, I just don't have any idea what either of these goalies look like really when they're good. Like, I can't even really remember what Jack, I was oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> God, there's a lot. We talked oh, a lot about Jack. Do you think? Uh, God, do you think move on. Samsonov's. <laughs> think Samsonov's looking last night, going, "Oh yeah, here's my chance right oh, now sure. tonight." Ilya had like the evil yeah. Yeah. fingers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, he's looking like that. Yeah, and why not? But like, I don't really remember what Matt Murray looked like. When he was really good, I don't know what Sam Samson. Like I don't know what I'm looking for. I feel very Andre Fleury win a couple of playoff rounds for Pittsburgh. Remember Matt Murray just locking it down for I Pittsburgh. I do. I watched while every Mark game. Andre of Fleury, future Hall of Famer, sitting on the bench. I remember all that, but I don't like. I guess it's just you know watch so much hockey and so many so many goalies, but I I just want Samsonov to look capable tonight, please. Like I can't have both of them get four or five shot past him in the first two games. Just not good for your for the psyche of anyone involved. No, it's not. Please, I agree. Please. Well, the good news <laughs> is for the Leafs, I think they should thank the schedule maker here early because right come on, twenty four hours later, you get to just make people forget and 
maybe remember a solid 60 minutes but here. Here's the Leafs, the Leafs are going to be good tonight because this is what the Leafs do. It's going to be a tough game. You're on a back-to-back. The expectations are yeah. that it's going to be a challenging night. You're going to see a better Leafs team. They've got a little public slap. This is everything that like is built towards when you get a good performance from the Leafs. Sort of a public shaming, a little bit of an embarrassment, a good team. I re- yes, they. Uh, I don't even know if, la- if I'm allowed to say that. On I air. got in trouble for it. Oh, you can't, can't can't say yeah. getting a slap. Something on the whack. Wrist. Yeah. Did you really? No. Yeah. I, I said it, and I got a text. But so. anyway, so oh, you did. I did. Say okay. It. Every right. time that happens, the Leafs come out, and boy, we get a solid showing from the Leafs. So I, I would bank on a solid showing from the Leafs tonight. Risky. Playing against the Washington Capitals tonight, Carl Alsner uh, will join us uh, in the second hour. Uh, Jamal Mayer's on board in, what, uh, another 10 minutes to break down what Heath saw last night out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Washington coming off, I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I didn't watch it, so I'm not sure Looks like uh, Boston how, them how, bad, how bad it was, but at home against a Boston Bruin team that's supposed to be a lot weaker without McAvoy and <laughs> yeah. oh, Marshall. Oh, Bergeron scores. Krejci's got a goal. No, no, no. Uh, how about Pasternak? <laughs> Bing. Like, oh, great. I thought these guys sucked. That guy's going to be owed, a, I don't know, a dozen million dollars yeah, a year at least. he's going to be rich. How good is he, Pasternak? Oh, we, this show, we love Pasternak in the show, don't we? Which but let's look at Willie Nylander and but just say, be, I know you no, listen, from be a poor Pasternak. <laughs> Listen. That would be really good, too. If this was yeah. real Kipper and Bourne in Boston, you'd be crapping on Pasternak every day for his lazy <laughs> plays. And you'd be, just be like, you oh, know, he's a poor man. With his what, you, know, you know what that Pasternak could be? He could be like, if he could be like Willie Nylander if in Toronto. If he would just wear a, a nice normal suit and not come looking <laughs> like a joker. Yeah, for uh, sure. The one thing that I I did notice that the, the, the Leafs just don't look big. And I like Malgin and um, Obey Kube, Kubel. Yeah. I don't know how big, I don't know how tall he is. He might be pretty solid on his feet. Yeah. But they just didn't look big. The and team- and now we're we're watching them against the Washington Capitals tonight. And they got this protest. They got uh Strom and they got Mantha on one line and these guys are big boys. Yeah, Mantha's butter soft. He's big. He's a big guy. He is. He's a big guy. I'm, I'm just, I don't know if there's a part of me that was a little disappointing, disappointed in, uh, I, I thought we, they, we'd see more of a presence physically. That fourth line. Without, without uh, the Wayne Simmons yeah. uh, talk or actually dropping gloves. Yeah. But the I fourth just line for the I, Leafs I got filled it. in last night. I think they were on for, I don't know, eight, nine, ten shots against, one or two, four, played in their own zone a lot. Had one good shift where they took it the other way and drew a penalty. But. They, they finished some checks, those guys. Sure. I didn't see a lot of other Leafs finishing anything at all. I actually okay? like David Camp now that we're talking about him. But, yeah, no, I, 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 you're right, though. Ned, I don't they, disagree. They, how they many were, guys had uh, zero or one hit last night for the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I know it's maybe it's some... Old fart, you know, no, keeping but, track. I don't know. But, but Zach Aston Reese had the most on the team. He had four hits, and Abe yeah. Kubel had three. After that, okay. no one else had more than one hit. Oh, Tavares had two, actually. And then for on the decor, who, who wasn't had, Who four. had no hits? Who, <laughs> who got credited with a goose egg in hits last night? Riley, Giordano, Hall, Nylander, Kampf, Mulgan, Engvall, Yarncroc, Marner, Kerfoot. Oh, my God. 
God, that's a lot. <laughs> how, how, how many minutes did Hall play? <laughs> Justin Hall played 20 minutes. No he didn't hits. have a hit. He didn't get registered a hit. No, he didn't. Oh, my God. He got hit a lot. Oh, yeah, he does get hit a lot. So how, do you, how do you not get credited a hit? Most shorthanded time on ice in the team by a good distance. All right, we got to take a break. Well, we do. We got to take a break. Did you hate Malgin last night? I didn't mind I him. didn't hate him. Yeah, he's getting the neutral he's zone well. fine. I agree. He's not a second-line player, he but he's okay. He had a breakaway. He got a goal. But is there anything I saw at Amalgam that goes, I'm go- I want that guy in oh, the trenches. Talk about a- ahead of the play. I, w- I want that guy in the trenches in a best of seven. You know, the, I can win with that the, guy. The breakaway he got was a great example of what I didn't like about the Leafs last night. He's on the wrong side of that, stretching for a play, and he gets a lucky bounce. The puck goes through that Montreal defender. 10 times, you know, sorry, like, 90 times but, out of 91. But, you know, really random numbers. Just, I was going to say, <laughs> I changed my you know, mind. 99 out of 100, you could have gone yeah, right there. Yeah, more. That's what I want. Just, it goes the other way just, and he's on the wrong just side. Just the goal itself where it's, it's, a, it's a solid rush. You're coming through the neutral zone. Willie's flying. Shot Stops on goal. Uh, I, I think it was Nick Suzuki that did the blo- uh, uh, flyby a yeah. little bit off of Mulligan to leave him alone. And just the, sh- the tap-in shovel. Where are those goals in the playoffs? Craig Simpson was awesome. He was like, what, what, did, what did he say, Sammy? Good credit for him for not flying by. Yeah, he was like, credit to him for not flying by and shooting the puck in the open net. It's like, that's all Morgan did. He stopped yeah. where he should stop. It yeah. was great. I don't, see those, I don't see those goals in April, May, no. and June. No, no sir. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Jamal is coming up after the show. We'll get into more on the Leafs. Montreal, and what can be expected out of Washington tonight. You're listening and watching on YouTube, Real Kipper and Bourne. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toronto Maple Leafs lose their opener 4-3 to the Montreal Canadiens. The good news is, hey, 24 hours later, get another crack at it. Yep. Joining us now, uh, a guy that uh, sometimes looked forward to the next 24 hours. Hey, Marzi. Jamal Mares, everybody. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? You like those uh, 24-hour later games when uh, you, you laid an egg? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a chance to... You know, remedy, and you can kind of throw that game in the garbage and and start fresh, and just act like this was the first game of the year. Any concerns? Uh, yeah, there are people that saying, "Come on, it's just one game," and uh, they were slow starters last year. Uh, or can you read more into it? Because uh, Justin and I just spent the last forty minutes going. Uh, and another thing we didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I, you know, I I don't know if I like their deed. I, I hate to say it. I, I mean, you look at teams that that make it and win Stanley Cups. They've got three horses, and you know, I'm sorry. I just I'm not sure they have three. They might have two, and so it it just concerns me. The back end concerns me a lot, and uh, you know. They're putting all their eggs in one basket uh, with with what they decided to do in goal. And, you know, that's yet to be determined as well. 
What are your thoughts on uh, their their new look fourth line? You know, they don't have anyone who's really a fighter, um, but they have some guys who are supposed to run into people, whether it's Abe Kubel or Aston Reese. You know, Camp does his job a little bit. Uh, not overly impactful, but do you like that change they've made from previous seasons, having Spezza and more offensive and, and really fightery types there? I really do like it. Um, they're bigger, bigger guys that can play with pace. They can also kill penalties, eat up some minutes. They're not supposed to chip in offensively. They're just supposed to wear down the other team and eat up some minutes and get starts in the offensive zone. I think that it's a, that's one thing I really do like about the changes. Uh, it's, it stinks because you like those people that they're replacing, but I think that the game tends to follow trends and the last three years, teams that won have had lines exactly like this line. And I really, really do like it. Jamal, we saw them wave, Wayne Simmons, uh, my understanding is he's skating with some of the guys at uh, the MasterCard Arena, uh, and he has not reported uh, to the Marlies. Not sure if he will. Uh, but would you have kept him around uh, just in case you needed him to to go out there and maybe talk to a few people that might be potentially taking liberties on, on star players, or are, are the Leafs far past that now? Uh, that's a tough one. I think that, you know, there's something to be said about having a person like that around. Uh, I think that the Rangers have shown that, that it works. It's, it's, um, it, but you have to be able to play. And if they've made the determination that he, he can't play or they don't think he can play or they don't want him to play in their, in their fourth line, they're reconfiguring it, then, then that's the philosophical choice they're making. Having said that, that's also a choice that, you hope that no one is running around, uh, uh, you know, hit, taking liberties on your better players. So time will tell. Um, but I know that I don't know Wayne personally, but from by all accounts, he's a quality person has had an amazing career. Um, obviously still believes he has some hockey left and is healthy. And hopefully he ends up playing somewhere some, uh, this year. Well, whose job is it to get that team ready to play in Montreal last night? Like he, you know, Kipper was saying off the top that, you know, Sheldon just got to know for this group. He's got to know that this is a trend that they kind of, you know, let, let down their guard against lesser teams. I was saying the players, you know, wh- where do you fall on the line for, for whose job it is to have that team ready to go last night? Well, if this is a team with designs to win Stanley Cups, those teams do it themselves. It's, it's not the coach. It's, it's, it's the players. And, you know, I don't know the, the room as intimately as, as you guys do, but, you know, Kipper knows this. You need friction. You need guys who ruffle feathers, who shake the tree, who get under people's skin. And I'm talking about your own teammates. It doesn't always have to be nice, nice. And you can get on people. And that, that uncomfortableness is what allows teams to grow. And, unfortunately, it's the truth is that you need some of that uh, you know, not nice people around sometimes to call people out to get people playing the right way. And, you know, I think it's very important. Any team that I've been on that, that's had success, that's won, you have some of that. You have people like that that aren't afraid to speak up. And I think that honesty is needed in, in, in winning teams. Talking to Jamal Maris. He's got 915 NHL games behind him when he speaks of uh, that. And that may be the biggest concern I also have last night. Uh, to your point, 
is that it just didn't appear that there was anyone on the Toronto Maple Leafs willing to pull their themselves and their teammates into that fight that you're talking about. Yeah, that's unfortunate because you. I'll give you an example. You look at the Edmonton Oilers, and I forget who it was, but someone took a, a pretty, what was deemed a, a careless penalty at the end of, I believe, the first period. Darnell Nurse. Um, Darnell Nurse. And and I remember watching it going, and people were saying that that was, that was a, a silly penalty or a stupid penalty, and I'm like, Elliot that's Friedman. exactly what they needed. That's exactly what they needed. <laughs> you went against Elliot Friedman? Anthony Stewart said that, too. He agreed with you, Jamal. So, you know what? Well, they're about to lose the hockey game. So you like that. You like that emotion. And you'll kill those penalties all day long. And it, it was, he did it on purpose to get the attention of his team so that they can have uh, an emotional attachment to the hockey game. And things turned around because of that. Um, having the temperature of the room, having the temperature of what's going on is important. And the reality is, is that you, he, they needed to do that. And, and that's something that I, I'm sure Darnell had to grow into as a leader. But Kipper, I'm telling you, without that, I don't think they win that hockey game. Yeah, you, you know, I think it's an excellent point uh, that you just brought up. I think I watched uh, Obey Kubel go through the crease probably with about uh, 13 minutes left in the hockey game. Didn't he cut in hard on, on uh, Jake Allen last mm-hmm. night? And I'm like... Yeah, that's 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 good. Yeah, you like that. It's good. Yeah. I, I mean, it didn't really lead to anything, uh, but maybe maybe in the first period or a little bit more of a, a a push that suggests that I'm willing to get my nose dirty here and mm-hmm. who else is with me and follow that up with another, you know, borderline or edgy type of... Uh, situation but there's just there was no emotion to your point off of darnell nurse's uh penalty there just never was any emotional attachment to the leafs last night against montreal in a season opener i found that baffling yeah i i would even argue that it's not darnell nurse's job it's guys like you and me that's our job it's our job fourth line guys third line guys it's their job to figure it out in the first five minutes that we don't have it. We gotta, this isn't good. This isn't good enough. we got to go out there and do something to get our teammates' attention. And then when we do, we can go down the line and look down. Is anybody else going to be playing tonight, or what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And th- those things, and we all played with, we both played with guys that would do that with five minutes left. Give me a break. I don't care if you did it with five minutes left. Do it in the first period when we needed it. Like, do it when we, when we still have a chance to win this hockey game. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they were surprised by Montreal on opening night, um, that, that's unacceptable. Um, I put it on the players, some of it on the coaches too, but I put it on the players to not let these things happen. Like this team is not getting to the next level if they don't have that authentic, honest, real conversation where they're willing to have some friction in the room and it's not out there fighting each other. It's just accountability to each other and a standard that you set as a group. What's interesting, Mirzi, is like in, in hearing you talk about that and looking at the Leafs lineup, like you can see a scenario where this team could be not fun to play if they're really good and their power plays clicking and you're chasing them all around. 
But if you're in a close game with that, like not, they could be a fun team to play, right? I mean, there's not a lot of angry people, not a lot of mean people. There's just, it's a good, yeah. good hockey team. But do you think it's a problem? Do you think you need to have some ill temperament somewhere in the lineup? Well, every team has to have a catalyst that, that pulls you into the fight, right? Whether, whether it's your, one of your better players. And I believe that Landis Gog does that for Colorado. Um, He'll pull, pull the team into the fight. It's not about fighting. Don't get me wrong. It's not has nothing to do with fighting. It has to do with, you know who was a good guy at doing this? Was Doug Waite. And really? Doug Waite, would, when we weren't playing well, would go around and hit guys. And I remember thinking, like, what is he doing? <laughs> well, he, he recognized, like, we weren't playing well. He was, he was, he was upset. So he was going to run around a little bit for a couple of shifts. And then... I'll tell you what happened. It got the attention of our entire team because they're like, what is he doing? He's going to get hurt. That's our job. Yeah. And so, it, you know, there's something to be said for it has nothing to do with fighting. It has to do exactly what you're talking about is being emotionally invested into the hockey game and pulling people into the fight when they don't feel like it for whatever reason. You know You've who got to have guys. That. Yeah, you know who does that uh, through some – Real heavy hits is a guy that the Leafs are going to see tonight, Ovechkin. Yeah. That guy yes. hits. Yeah. I think last night, we went just through the, the list of, uh, of uh, guys that have had uh, registered no hits or just one last night for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think, what was it, 10, 12? Yeah. Was, yeah. Over half the team had uh, collectively three hits. Ovi last night on, on a loss, a very disappointing loss at home for the Washington Capitals, had nine. Wow, did he really? Nine yeah. registered. Wow. And when he hits, I can tell you it's a lot different than when anyone on the fourth line hits for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But yeah. that's yeah. that's a superstar. Yeah. That's arguably the best goal scorer ever. Right. And that understand the emotional commitment that it takes. And, and honestly, I honestly believe that the emotional catalyst for this group has to be Matthews. You know, it, I think he's shown signs of that. I think he's shown signs of that. And so now listen, you don't want him running around and getting hurt, but it would, it would only take one shift of him going, he's a big guy. You'd be fine. Oh, it would only I'm take so two shifts of him right unhappy with the team and running around and everybody like, what's he doing? What's he doing? Why is he doing that? Well, why is he doing that? Cause you guys are sleeping. So that to me is, is a guy that could do it. And I think he has it in him. I really do. I really do. But they need someone that, that will, the games change, right? You're not going to have guys. It's hard, right? They have to make a decision. Do we go with, if you had a guy who could skate and score 20 goals and fights and does all those things, he wouldn't be on his fourth time. You couldn't afford him. Those guys don't exist anymore. So the fourth line isn't going to be able to go out there and do that, but you got to get guys that are mostly involved. And I believe the fourth line has to be engaged in that process as well and take it on themselves to understand the temperature of the team every single night, right away. Marzi, we got to right let away. you go. I know, I know you got, uh, you got something at 4 o'clock, so we're going to let you go. But you are first start in today's show uh, with a couple of great points. 
I want you to know that I'm second, well, Justin's third. <laughs> I look forward I to arguing. I love listening to you guys. Okay, Thanks buddy. For having me on. Thanks, Mary. Jamal Mary. Uh, I'm all over his point on Darnell Nurse waking up the Edmonton Oilers. And Austin Matthews not running into enough people. Well, he had three hits. no, I, I don't think. Uh, I think there's somewhere between what Darnell did mm-hmm. for the Edmonton Oilers and what Merzi's saying that Austin should be capable of. Yeah. Like, no way in a million years is it going to be Mitch Marner. No. But at 6'2", maybe 235, 240, Austin would have the ability to use his body in a big presence if need be. Malkin, we've watched Malkin over the years. There's some there's some nights in his great, great Hall of Fame years. He got nasty. Yeah. Well, see, this is an interesting thing, though. I, I feel like this, I think Mares makes an interesting point about the Leafs line up and maybe not having the guys who drag you into it. It's a nice team. Like I, I, you know, we always talk, the frustration with Nylander is he has all this ability. What if he were, and then you say something, he's not engaged all the time or physical or like he played for Sweden in the world championships over a six game sample, but he's not those things naturally. And he has to make himself be physical and engaged and yada, yada. Austin Matthews can be this physical hitting guy but it's not natural to him. That's not his default setting is shooting in the net in Switzerland. And he, you know, he's growing into his body, and, but he's not a nasty person. I don't think that the Leafs naturally, they can make themselves play a certain way. Maybe last night's game will be like a defibrillator for the collective, you know, heart of the team. Give them a little jump that, oh, yeah, you know, for us to be competitive, we got to get in that fight. Just let it, leave him alone and let him score 60, Sammy. I... It's, I mean, it's something I've talked about a million times on this radio station, but the matchup between the way that this team plays versus the fan base is one of the biggest mismatches in the history of sports in terms of what this fan base, what the sort of blue-collar fan base of this team likes. And they like a physical team. They like Hart. They like Darcy Tucker. They like Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore, guys that'll, you know, cut your throat out to play hockey. And then you match it up with this team, and that's what it is. It terrifies me that... Being a you know what on the ice, so talented though, amazing, enjoyable to watch. But being a you know what on the ice does not come natural to any of their big four stars. And like you talk about Malkin, Malkin when he was on was one of the meanest dudes. Cut your heart, like do anything to you to win a yeah. game. Sid's the same way. You look at Ovi, like you talk about Ovi. McKinnon's the same. McKinnon's way. the same way. Like you look at actually guys, Connor McDavid's the Connor same. Connor McDavid. You look at a lot of the guys. And it just, like, you think of Tavares, and it's like Tavares is, you know, this, like, understated He's kind of role. hockey guy. He'll do hockey whatever guy. to win, but, you know, limited to hockey-related things and not... You look at Marner. Marner's not, he's a smaller guy, but, like, he's he's a competitor. He tries, he's an uh, energizer guy, always going. Everybody's not nasty. It's just, it doesn't come natural to any of And I don't of the know stars. that this is all hyper-relevant to, to, to last exactly night. last night, but it, it is a fair it's point. It's a conversation we've had forever. So I, I don't know... I don't know what the Florida Panthers are going to look like this year, if they're even going to come close to what they did last year. But they want to be more of this and less of that. But they addressed it. They said. They said, let's get worse and get meaner. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They actually did. 100% they did. Matthew Kachuk. Was there anybody out there 
that could fit what they're looking for in a top six guy who can score some amazing goals and bring that nastiness. They went out there and they got one of the best at it the last few years. Yeah. It's a case study in how you want to address these issues where well, Kyle Dubas said, know. we're going to, if we run this team back enough, we're too good to not get through. And Florida said, it didn't work once. once. Blow it up. <laughs> Send everyone out. <laughs> what do they want? Huberto? Throw in Uyghur. Get him out of here. If they would have gone on, if, if they would have taken the Shanna plan, Matthew Kachuk would have ended up in Florida six years from now. Yeah. No, he would not be there. It is really fascinating that they decided to get so aggressive as a response to getting swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I do think that part of it was what we're talking about. They felt they needed more of something playoff, more Lomberg and Hornquist and less Huberto and Uyghur. Uyghurs, and, uh, Jake Gardner, as we mentioned. And Kyle's Leafs. True, they did let Lamar Ky- go. Kyle's Leafs are going to beat you with just pure... The, his top four are going to beat you on their skill. Logic and practicality. They, the whole team is going to has a role, and they have a job, and they will and do it well. I, I am fascinated by watching Matthew Kachuk this year because I, I certainly the contract that followed it would put enough pressure on him, but he has to physically change the makeup of games for the Florida Panthers particularly when they go against Tampa. So where is that fine line now to go out there, hit, fight, and score? It's it's not going to be easy for him. No, but let's not forget, he didn't do it in the playoffs against Edmonton. He was quiet. He he just kind of went sleepy into the night. I don't know if he intended to leave Calgary, and that was... But, like, there was most nights he was... Pretty much invis- he scored a hat trick in the first game right when they won nine six yeah. and then i don't think he had a goal after that like, was, was it matthew kachuk that daryl sutter was talking about with the difference between toffoli and yeah kachuk? they won two cups that's what he said about toffoli yeah yeah, yeah. yeah one guy's won two cups yeah. yeah he also said that huberto is the best passer he's ever had on the flames which is like a Gaudreau direct comment like johnny Gaudreau just like led the league in assists or whatever he did last year damn near close I look at this Florida lineup. There's a chance this team's not great. I mean, Rudolph Spalsers and Colin White and Lomberg and Cousins and Hornquist and Mark Stahl, Montour, Mahura, Gudis. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know either. I don't know. All I know is it's going to be fun to watch Matthew Kachuk try to it is. single-handedly change the makeup, the, are. the physical makeup of the Florida Panthers. Yeah. And he will try. Don't rest yeah. assured. This guy, he knows, he knows what he's supposed to do off of this trade. Yeah. So just to go back to what you guys are talking about with Dubas and talking about just his team and what he wants him to do, like I'm sure a big part of him, you know, doesn't like doesn't like last night where there's times where they don't look like they're engaged, but I'm sure he knows that they're good enough. He doesn't really care that they're not necessarily running into people, hitting people, fighting people. Like that part of it doesn't necessarily go into the equation for him. Right? Like, no, there's no chance like today they're like, we need more. There's absolutely not even a no, comment in the room about They don't that. even think about that. So, like, I think yeah, they, today, know, they, they know they're good enough. But, but, and they know that some nights their bottom six isn't going to be the most, you know, it's not going to appear a lot. And I don't think they necessarily care that they don't fight and hit. Like, and, you know, that they just have a bit of a ghost bottom six here. They here could here. by game 30 or yeah, 40 or 50 they, they or going into moment. the trade deadline. They already waffled on a few occasions. Between their their philosophy on a fourth line. 
Mm-hmm. They've done it. They've how many times have done it? Four or five times now. The problem is this is not a a problem that can be solved with a player. You can't go get Ryan Reeves and be like, fixed it. You know, they had went and got Matt Martin, didn't fix it. You know, this is a thing that is a collective thing with your team about personalities and, you know, do you have these guys that inherently play a certain way? And, you know, what's the expression? Better better to tame a tiger than paint stripes on a pussycat. You ever heard that expression? I have not. Heard yeah, that. like you're, you're, yes, you're better to have course. a guy like Kadri and Kachuk who you've got to calm down yes. from being too much than have to take a guy like Nylander and prod him with an iron stick to get him angry. How do you get a guy like Kadri? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Well, it's not as bad as giving him away for, <laughs> for Broussard. Z- Z- Zabana, Zabana Jad. Jad. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. But I... Like it's crazy how quickly you just feel like you go into must-win mode in a hockey season. It's the second game of the year. I'm like, if they I lose know, tonight, on the way here, I did them. I actually uh, pulled out my calculator app. La- last night's game was 1.22 percent of the season. 1.2 percent of the season last night. That's you know, and almost full panic. I know. We're like, trade the coach. You got to get okay, tougher. Let's take a deep breath and take a break. Carl Alsner, former NHLer, co-host of All's Caps. Following the Washington Capitals, he's going to tee this hockey club up tonight and what Leaf fans can expect as the Leafs try to rectify their (laughs) mistake last night in the season opener. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, back to you after these messages. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toronto Maple Leafs getting set for their home opener tonight against the Washington Capitals. Let's welcome in Carl Alsner, former NHLer. Oh, we don't have him yet. <laughs> what has Sammy been doing this whole time? I was chatting him up. This is the thing. You got to have a little chit chat. Sammy before. went on his honeymoon last week. He's still not in game shape. Still on his honeymoon, you think? His wife, his fiance, not true. wouldn't have made him do that. Quarter milk, (laughs) eggs. What else, honey? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a chit chat. All right, we're gonna find. We'll 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 find Carl momentarily, but uh, in the meantime, they come in a loss last night to the Boston Bruins at home. If we look at a few teams in the National Hockey League, teams that aren't ready quite to let go. Mm-hmm. of their recent past, the recent success. Boston Bruins come to mind. Penguins. Penguins. And the Washington Blues. Capitals. Okay, Blues. Yeah. Of teams that just, like, have a good core, have the same core when they won, and they're trying to find ways to fill in around it and make it keep it great, I should say. As promised, Carl's joining us now. Uh, Carl, ha- <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, Carl and I spent some time together uh, last week oh, uh, with a, a, a alumni uh, with the Washington Capitals. Uh, it was a great uh, few days. I got a chance to see the team uh, and and know that, uh, Carl, there's, there's a part of them that still believe that uh, the core is wrapped around Ovechkin and they can still win with him at, uh, what, age 37, going into his 18th season. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? I, I, I think they can still be successful with them for sure. Um, 
but to, to you know to put it all on his shoulders to carry the team yeah that's that's pretty tough it's a tough ask for anybody um, I don't think there's, there's many players in the league that that can be just the the one go-to but uh, you know they they have a, they do have a, still have a decent core but you know the league is all about young players now right like mm-hmm. you got to have you got to have new young guns coming in every year draft picks that turn into something pretty special in their first uh, couple of years on the team. You know, look at Kale McCarr, you know, so you, you need players like that that can come in and make a substantial impact. So, you know, the, the core is, is definitely aging, but still good players still, still can do things out there. But, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to, to put it on one guy. Carlos, the Leafs fans prep for uh, the Washington Capitals coming to town. Maybe you can give us a little state of the uh, the franchise for them right now, where they're at and their expectations are at. You know, we were talking before you came on just about a team that still sees themselves as Stanley Cup contenders. What are some of the challenges that lie ahead for for this Capitals team this season? Well, I, I mean, I think just just based off of off of last night, um, a little bit of defensive play. You know, that there's. There's players that can that can score up front and and they can do a good job offensively and then bringing Kemper in obviously helps them uh, put them in positions to win games having a, a goaltender like that but overall team defense is uh, is something that needs to be uh, a big point for the team if they if they want to have any success you got I mean everybody can score goals now it seems like so uh, you have to be able to also lock it down and that seemed to be a bit of an issue at least for the first half of the game yesterday so. You know that that would be uh, something that that I've noticed so far. Um, and then there's you know the Caps are they try to retool on the fly, right? You uh, they don't want to completely break anything down, so they are trying to um, you know bring guys in. They brought a bunch of guys in this summer that are going to have to to you know find find a way into the team and and mesh quickly, um, especially while they're waiting on two of their their biggest pieces to come back, um, and Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom, even if back he can can make it back at all after a pretty substantial um, uh, issue that he's had going on. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough, but you know, the, they, they, they're pretty resilient bunch and, and the organization is willing to do pretty much whatever it takes to, to continue to be successful. We're joined by Carl Alsner, co-host of all's caps, the podcast uh, defense starts from the net on out. Uh, very seldom you see a Stanley Cup championship team let go of their goalie and see him on another team, but that's that's what's going on with Kemper. And uh, how's that been so far? Uh, and uh, is it the improvement that they're going to need coming off of last season? You're right. It is. It is pretty strange to see that. Um, it's also strange to see a head coach leave after a team wins the Stanley Cup. But the you know, captain <laughs> to be a part of be a part of those uh, those yeah. weird weird transitions. Um, but it, I think it's great. You know, that, that this, this was the talk around the team all year last year and pretty much all year, the year before was goaltending and who do they go with? Who do they trust? Who's the number one? And, and it was back and forth all the time. And so this solidifies that, you know, having Kemper in there and then having Charlie Lindgren as the backup who um, is an amazing, amazing person. I think everybody's started to realize that already. In a short time being here, um, it seems like the the goaling, goalie uh, tandem has a pretty good relationship, which I think is also very helpful. Um, but Kemper just solidifies the net for them, right? They they don't have to worry about who's going in um, every game. They they kind of know what to expect, which is which is really nice as a as a player as a team because you don't have to you don't have to worry about but you shouldn't have to worry about the guy's head and 
and are they playing for their job all the time and, and this this and that what they've had to kind of deal with with Samsonov and Vanacek the last couple of years. So I think it's a great move. There's a big body in there too, which is always really nice. Even when you're having bad days, you can rely on whatever it is, a six foot four, six foot five frame just to hopefully have pucks hit you every now and then. So I think it, it was a, a huge move and, you know, and a, a pretty, pretty fortunate one too, to have, have someone with that experience be able to come right into your team is, is uh, I think pretty lucky. So you mentioned last season, it was kind of like uh, you didn't know whose crease it was and worrying about guys' heads and all that sort of thing. Well, that's what Toronto is this year, and it's with the guy who was there last year and Ilya Samsonov. What was his reputation? What was the story around him in Washington last year? So pe- People were really pulling for him. Um, yeah. I think they, everyone saw the saw the skill um, as, as so many of these, these uh, Russian goalies have. They're, they it's maybe not a word that you typically associate with a goalie is, is skill, mm. but um, that's kind of what they have, you know, good, good skating, um, good instincts, uh, raw talent right there. And just being able to do it consistently was an issue. You know, there was some issues with, with, uh, you know, had they had COVID, all the Russian guys had COVID and then, um, you know, also, and this is, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but, you know, being a young guy, you, in the league, sometimes you can, yeah, the extracurriculars can kind of get in the way and, and the lights and all that stuff kind of can, can be tough, you know, trying to feel your way through the league playing and having fun and all that at the same time. And, and, uh, and then battling for your job and not knowing when you're the starter. So he, I think he had a lot to deal with. Um, but it seemed like the, the organization was kind of pulling for him to be the starting guy. And then, you know, he'd, he'd take the reins for a few games and then, something would happen. And then when you have another goalie, that's also vying for that spot. This is where it becomes tough is he would come in for three games, you know, play pretty good. And then you'll have one tough game. And the next thing you know, he's out for the next three games because they're going to ride the hot hand of Vanacek. So this is a hard spot to be in for any position. Um, and he kind of got caught up in that. So I think if he gets the opportunity to, to play more consistent and, you know, there's obviously tons of pressure in Toronto, but not having to worry so much about your job, um, being taken away, I think could really help him. And then trying to stay healthy. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a dagger for a goalie. If you're always dealing with some things and he had a few nagging injuries that seemed to crop up. So that's uh, I guess it's a lot to deal with there, a lot to figure out, but like I said, he's got the, the, the skill to be able to be a really good goalie. Carl, I'm not sure you painted a very good picture for Leaf fans because <laughs> I think I think he's going to maybe experience the same thing he experienced in Washington where he might go on a run and play three games and then have Murray come in and he might sit for a week, 10 days. I mean, um, is there a sense now at age 25 or 26 he, he can figure out ultimately what he's going to be? Because... There's some goalies we've seen in this league, Carl. They don't figure it out till they're 27, 28, 29. Uh, what, Markstrom comes to mind for me, and even Jack Campbell mm-hmm. out in, in Edmonton here. I mean, uh, were you surprised that Washington gave up on him so quickly at age 25? Um, a little bit. I think so. Everyone here expected them to keep one, right? Keep Which one is it going to be? And didn't know which way they were going to go. And it was probably going to be whoever would would get the best return and then all of a sudden both of them left so it, it was strange for sure and he may be in that position but you you, you kind of have to figure out can you be the guy um you, you can't wait much longer especially as a you know as a european player especially a russian guy 
you know, they have options to go back home. And if things don't work out for them, sometimes they just decide, you know, maybe the grass is greener back home and, and they make a decision like that. And hopefully that's not the case that he, he does that, but um, it, it kind of has to happen fairly soon. Otherwise teams will, will look for someone else, right? They, you all of a sudden have a track record and then it, it becomes pretty difficult to, to break out of that. So for his sake and for Leafs fan uh, sake, I, I hope that he can, cause I, I do think he, he's a good goalie. And uh, there's times when, when he was the savior here after a couple games and it's just whether or not you can continue to back it up. Those are the players that have longevity is the ones that can be consistent. And, and uh, I don't think anyone needs to be more consistent than a goalie. Carl, one thing we like to do, sometimes, you know, the old expression, you can't see the forest for the trees. We're in this Leafs talk every day. It's fun to get an impression from the, an outside market. What are your thoughts on what the Toronto Maple Leafs have been and, and the team they've got this season? Well, I mean, the, the Leafs have been the team that everyone's just waiting for to, to absolutely break out and explode, yeah. right? It's, I, I don't see it any different than I think most of you guys see it is is there's so much there and I I've compared them to the caps a bunch over the years where, you know, they're, they're, they're right there, but there's a, there's a mental block. And I don't think there's any bigger mental block right now than, than with the Toronto Maple Leafs in that first round. It's just, it's been so hard for them to find a way to get out of it. And I'm, I'm one of the believers that once they do, they're going to be able to make a pretty good run. Um, with with players of of that caliber, um, you know, obviously talking about the Matthews, uh, Marner, Nylander, Riley, them that they can they can they can almost take over um, a playoff. You know, if they decide if they can smell blood, I think that they're going to be able to take it over and and really do something. But um, at, at that point, it it just really seems like a like a mental hurdle. And even when you bring in new players, <laughs> it still finds a way to creep into to their heads as well. So, um, yeah, I, that, that's the way I see the team, but you know, believe it or not, I am, I am rooting for the Leafs. I grew up a Leafs fan, so I would love to see, see them be successful because not only, um, is it good for the league? Uh, there's a, there's a pretty big fan base that I think would really love to, uh, to latch on to that bandwagon and, and see what happens. One more Carl, uh, sometimes, uh, hindsight's 2020 in, in this leaf market. Uh, a lot of fans went through that with Kadri winning a cup, to a lesser extent, some suggested that the Leafs should have kept Connor Brown and his long-term contract at a at, a, at that at that time a reasonable price. Uh, not often you can pick up a guy for a second-round pick and then find him on on the top line uh, playing with one of the best goal scorers in history. But that's where Connor Brown will find himself tonight. Exactly, and I I've been pushing him pretty hard um, since since the Caps got him. I think he's. He is a great addition. Got a really, really nice skill set um, and some pretty good intensity. I love a good penalty killer as well. Someone that can be dangerous, uh, five on four, or four on five, whatever way you want to say it. Um, and I, I think he's that. Um, being put on the first line with those guys, like, is there a better situation? I, I don't really know. It's it's pretty fortunate, and time will tell where he will end up once once everyone's healthy and they figure out what their best combos are because they do have players that have played up and down to Connor Sherry has been kind of, uh, you know, I think he was on the, the fourth line yesterday or wherever he was, but he, he also plays on the top line. So it, it's going to shift for sure. But you know, if he can take advantage of his opportunity with, with those two and, and Ovi and Kuzi like playing with them, then he could be, he could be in store for a heck of a season because when, 
when those guys like you on their line, then, then you find tons of success. So I'm hoping that that's, he's going to be the case for the team that he, he'll, he'll fill in for, for Tom while he's out. And then once Tom comes back, you're going to have a pretty good one, two punch of players on the right side. Carl, we really appreciate uh, your time. I know you got to get out of here, but uh, thanks for doing this and look forward to uh, many visits on the real Kipper and Bourne show out of you. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Carl Alsner, former capital. Connor Brown, top line. Connor Brown's a guy you love to have on your third line. I don't know if you want Connor Brown. No, your first no, line. totally. I, I'm with you. A, yeah. a guy that can can slide up if you needed him to slide up. Do yeah. we think you're going to win a championship ultimately as Connor Brown is a number one winger? Right. Probably not. But you're right. You love that you have a guy that can capably do but it for a number of can weeks. Can he hold, or... you know, let's face it, Tom Wilson, he, he's irreplaceable. Yeah. You can do a lot of shifting here and there, but you ain't, you ain't, Filling in for Tom Wilson. Nobody I, I is. Always, I'd love to envision the entire NHL, all the players' names get put in the middle, and all the GMs get to pick one player at a time. Just a draft of all the players starting from scratch. How early Tom Wilson would go, because it would it would frighten people how early it would be. He would. It would be shockwaves. Like shockwaves. Like, he might be a first or second round guy. Gosh. <laughs> you know? Like, love that I mean, guy. A lot, but I think, I think like, second round. So he, might, he probably goes in the second yeah, round. Yeah, it's... It's like the Yankees trying to replace uh, Aaron Judd. Yeah. It's just, no, I'm sorry. No, there's n- no other people do that. No, no, yeah. no, no. I, I'm really excited to watch the Washington Capitals play the Leafs tonight and not have to worry about goddamn Tom Wilson right now. It, it really, it makes it a much like, more manageable. It's, su- it's, such a, it's such a load on your mind as a Leaf fan when you just know that he's, and he's always fired up to play the Leafs. He grew up, in, you know, playing North Toronto Arena, loves and the And with Leafs. no Simmons, no, no Clifford, no gonna, one to stop him. He's going to run around like an idiot, and I love him for it because I, he's one of my favorite players in the league. But it's just a real load off my mind that I don't have to worry about him today. Do we remember uh, what Connor Brown left for? Um, it was a... Salary cap reasons. I know, I know that, but what was the, the return? I they think traded it was, him with they Zaitsev. Traded him, yeah, they got rid Sorry? of Zaitsev they by trading... They traded him with Zaitsev. Yeah. Yes. In, that, in, that, in the, the, the dump of the contracts because... And with wasn't it was not no the Fanoff was a other contract. no it was guy. like it was perfor- it was so that was it it was just a dump of Connor Brown no they got Cody Cece back okay yeah there you go that's the that's what I was looking for yeah. but I don't know I mean Connor Brown is that perfect guy depth guy like could you have avoided maybe going through the the Kashas, the Blackwells, the Morgans now, if you had a guy like that in the lineup. But yeah. I, I know it's the math. Yeah. What's he making now? Well, I don't know. He's only making two and a half Let me look it up right or something. Oh, please tell me he's no, I, I, more think, expensive than that. Uh, yeah, I think he is. I think he's in the high threes now. And he's got uh, – he's looking – he's UFA after this year. So if he's, he – He signed a uh, three-year – $10.8 million contract. Okay, so he's up in 2021. A little so he, north of three. This is last season at 3.6. So he, he, would have, he would have definitely outpriced himself here probably. But hey, making Kerfoot money. I mean, just saying, you'd take him over Kerfoot, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's close. Kerfoot, you got, but people like the crap on Kerfoot. I know he's, he's not. He's become a nice player. He He's a valuable player to the least. Yes. You know what? Connor Brown, so this very God, thing. he's not. He's this, his hands are just so stony. Brown? No, Kerfoot. Well, On that shootout, that penalty shot last night, I said it. I was like, he's just going to beat this he has, pads. 
I've, we've seen him in the shootout have success, have we not? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember. Here's the thing about Brown, though. We're talking about the team having, like, this, like, pulse and energy and pull, pull you into the fight and whatever. Yeah. Brown's competitive. He's that Really guy. competitive, right? He scored the game winner at the World Championships. Like, he's just a competitor. He was a top-scoring junior. Yeah, didn't he? Have, he had, like, 130 points or something in the... Playing with, with uh, McDavid. Uh, I understand yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah. playing Connor. with Ovechkin tonight, yeah. another coach has <laughs> deemed him pretty good. Yeah. You know, like... Anyway, it's kind of a pointless thing to rehash. I'm sure there's some. I just. It was funny listening to Carl talk about Samsonov uh, and not being able to find rhythm of being in and out or going through stretches. Having trouble finding consistency coming here. Or not playing. Yeah. And the the one thing that I'd, I'd heard all along was he just loses his focus. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, he seemed to be. Some vaguely implied lack of on ice focus things here, mm. but you know I do think that there is just twenty five though. But that's the thing. Like I mean, I was a joke of a human at twenty five. Joke. Yeah, you've matured a little bit, I think, <laughs> since then. Ten. <laughs> You're not as much of a joke <laughs> no, anymore. I am a pun at best at this point. <laughs> no, it's true. It's it takes some time. First round pick. Who's that? Uh, Samsonov, big Russian goalie. Yeah, I I like the bet big time. On him. I really do. The Russians on that team party a little bit. For sure. Fun fun crew. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't mind wouldn't mind hanging out with those no. boys for a night. All right. Uh, season opener. Connor McDavid. Mm. The hat trick. God. A four-point night. Uh, that dry saddle pass on the McDavid goal on the power play out of the slot to the backside. Pretty <laughs> much uh, a continuation of okay. Connor and dry saddle show. Can carrying I, on in Edmonton. Dave's getting 50 this year. Can I ask you guys a favor, please? Yeah. If at all this year, and you too, Derek, maybe get like a, a sounder, like a Dumbo drop. If I ever try to say that Matthews is better than McDavid again this year, like I did last year, get the Dumbo drop. Tell me I'm an idiot. Say yeah. I'm wrong. Because I did it. You should record something right now where you're yeah. like, I recognize that <laughs> Ma- McDavid is <laughs> well, and will always be just, Bro, what are you talking about, man? Just, <laughs> they are different players yes one is a mutant who's the greatest maybe of all time and one is really 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 good just there's just uh there's no comparison in uh in 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 the ability to dangle like yeah connor well i just doing what he does at that speed makes the whole defense get out of shape right because it's always back off it's mcdavid like everyone on the ice has to adapt for mcdavid matthews can do what he does, right? Hart Trophy last year, shooting it in the net and powerful and all that. Last year or last night on the uh, home opener on Sportsnet, we uh, we listened to uh, an interview Elliot Friedman had um, with his spray tan and all. Uh, spray tan. It wasn't even. It wasn't he, even him that. Honest to God, he 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 looked like an Oscar award. Who did? Elliot with that. With that oh he had a fake spray not, tan on. I, I do not endorse this message. <laughs> <laughs> he interviewed Leon, and Leon uh, said he he's encouraging 60 goals out of Connor. Connor. Really? Yes. He's endorsing that uh, you should score 60 goals every year. Love that. I love that, and I called it preseason. That this would be a big goal year for McDavid. I called 50. I... I Another part of that interview that was interesting is 
Uh, Elliot asked Leon what he thought of the players in the league voting him the best passer in the league. What do you think of that? And Leon started, he, he gave his real answer first. He was like, I expect that. You know, I, I expected that. And then he was like, oh, that sounded arrogant. And he was like, no, no, I'm kidding. You know, it means the world to me that they think that he did the whole thing. But he does. And I love that about him. I love he's arrogant. He knows how good he is. He is an unbelievable. He may just be the best passer in the league with some filthy passers. Lovely. Do you remember and once he, upon a time? He's pretty pissy, too. Do you remember oh, once upon pissy. a time <laughs> everybody said that uh, his contract was ridiculous? He's being an H smell. That's the best contract oh. in the league. I, you know what? I, I think I'm going to wear this one. I, I think did. I said it was too much. Of course. I did. did I also I? said Tom Wilson no, was I too wouldn't much. Say yeah. It. Did I? Uh, anyway. you, you're, if you did, you you weren't the only one. Yeah. Eight million but, for Leon Dreisaitl. Like, when well, he's yogging with the body, too, you can't get is, through to get the puck. last night a prime example of, boys, this is why we make $12.5 million a we're year. We're just going to take over okay? this. We're just... It's on us. Yeah. And we're, and we're good. And... Ultimately, can they win four rounds like that? No. No. Need a hockey team. Uh, still watching them and going, oh, God, are you going to put all that weight on those two guys again yeah. in, this in, year in, to carry you? Yeah. In the playoffs, it's different, right? Everyone's just a oh. backpack on dry sidle, and you got to say, well, he's yeah, also he was very hurt. He was walking wounded. He couldn't skate Do around the you remember how many points he had hurt? Who did yes. they play? Calgary? Yes. He has 17 points yeah. in five games Yeah, with, like, he, he makes a leg. He makes eight point five million for the next three seasons. Leon Drysaddle. He's gonna demand that Nathan McKinnon. Oh. Now you owe me. Yeah. Also in the interview with Elliot, uh, he made comments about playing hurt and will he or not, will he or won't he dress uh, tonight? And I found it very uh, telling that uh, he all but admitted that's my call. My call. Yeah. The doctors right? don't have a say in this. <laughs> Did he? I actually missed my, my call. Yeah. I decide. Yeah, that, this is a, still a thing in pro sports where they go, what do you think, Tua, you good? And he goes, yeah, I'm good. You know, and they don't listen. You know, the players have way too much say in that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's there. Like, if it's not head, yeah, all good. If it's not head, all let good. the player make the call. Whatever. If you got to, you know, didn't Pergeron play with a collapsed lung? Like, Pergeron, punctured yeah. lung? Yeah, yeah. Like, if, you, if it's not head, it's up to you. But, like, that's when, when it's head is when they got to step in. Yeah. And they didn't with Tua. So certainly did not. You know what else I found uh, interesting in last night's telecast is uh, I think between the second and the third period against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Montreal, uh, maybe it was Scott. uh, Scott Oak did did an interview with Connor McDavid, and the question uh, was about Jack Campbell and the pressure that he would feel and whether or not Toronto uh, prepped him or not. Let's have a listen to Connor McDavid talking about pressure compared to Toronto and Edmonton. Question about one of your major off-season acquisitions, goaltender Jack Campbell. How do you think his time in Toronto has prepared him for the pressure he'll face here? Well, he's going to face more pressure there than here. Um... You know, I think for, for, for anyone coming from Toronto to, to, to Edmonton, it's a little bit similar, but, uh, you know, nothing kind of really compares to that uh, that pressure cooker there in Toronto. So he's been comfortable, fit right in. Um, he'll be a great time. See, that, that surprised me. Me too. Because I just assume that we I, – I blanket Canada. I go – That there's pressure. Toronto, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Montreal, when people expect them to win cups uh, – there is a constant there, but 
he he's sitting there going, hey, uh, that, that place in Toronto, man, nothing compares to them. They're they're nuts there. You know, I just feel like the way media and everything goes now, you, you know, anywhere that there's more eyeballs, media beefs up around it, and then it grows into a bigger sort of monolith. I, this Toronto media market, it, it is, it's a lot. Were you surprised to hear him say I, I, that? Yeah, I am. I was genuinely surprised to hear that. I thought he would just say, you know, there's a lot of pressure here too, and... You know, oh my gosh! There's yeah. a ton of pressure. Yeah. Those guys every day have to walk by all those Stanley Cups in the dressing room, Gretzky everywhere, uh, Messier. Like, don't tell me Connor doesn't feel that. Maybe, but he's just saying it's different. Not that there's no pressure. He's saying there's a different level. Uh, here. No, nothing kind of really compares to nothing that, compares. Uh, that there in Toronto. Nothing compares to that pressure cooker in Toronto, and that's with. No cups for these guys where yeah. the world went to color from black and white the, TV. The most Toronto-centric thing I, I can imagine is that I listened to that and said, what does that mean about the chances of Conor McDavid coming to Toronto? First thing I thought of. <laughs> First thing. Don't start up because we got people listening out west. Does he want the pressure? Does he like the pressure? Don't let Mark Spector oh, hear God. you talk like Remember that. Remember Gordo last oh. year? Oh, my God. They almost, they almost fought each other. That, that should have been a pay-per-view. Oh, my God. Which he, one? Sorry, what? Oh, Mark one day, Spector one day you were blamed off. Gord Stellick for starting up all the... Connor wants to come to Toronto. This happened to me. They got Mark Spector they got as hot. well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not a boy spec. Call it the way you see it, man. These guys are nothing but trouble in the Toronto media. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. you're so pissy. <laughs> take their uh, toys away. I don't know. I I think there's just as, as good a chance of Matthews leaving as there is McDavid leaving. Well, I'd say there's a better chance of Matthews leaving than McDavid leaving. I, that's a great question. Maybe one not for the last five, ten minutes of the show, but I think that's a very good question. <laughs> Might be a better chance of him leaving after last night than there is. Oh, yeah. That, listen, that's Before the, that game. That's the number one scary part about the season, like if they underwhelm. Actually, you know, good point. That's the scary part. Oh, no, no, part. no, no. Listen, I, I don't believe for one second he's, he's locked in on anything two years out. No. You know, there may be a point that I'd like to stay, but maybe... You guys are keeping me from winning cups. He says, listen, I saw that eight-year contract gave Matt Murray, and I just can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these guys need to know for sure that they're going to get the help or support that they need to, to carry that legacy from being a great individual yeah. player to a, a champion. But in Toronto, they're always going to do that. They're always going to have the budget. They're always going to spend to the cap. They're yes. going to give they're him whatever he needs. always going to give needs. away uh, a first-round pick for Felino. They're always going to give away sure. a, a draft pick for Patrick Marlowe, who ends up being. Uh, well, this is my uh, point, though: is you Seth can't say they're Jarvis not trying to give Caroline. him what he needs as support. There's... I'm just saying, though, that 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 if they're if these guys aren't comfortable, like you're going to give me the best oppor opportunity to win, then I got to value that against how much money I'm going to make, endorsements or base salary, and. It, is it really important that I make a? Do I want to make two hundred million and not win a championship, or will I take one hundred and fifty million? I think that's a great question. And and, and hope that uh, I, I can go to an organization that can help me win. While we're putting things I on think, the record, Matthew's next deal is going to be three to five years. Ooh, I I think, but that's a good point. I think he will be just shorter. to protect him on the bump up to get of, uh, to get uh, another one to uh, be in line for another one when the cap goes up. And, and while he's still in his prime, if if you give him if he signs a five year deal, 
and well, he's 31 on the other end of that, and he's in noticeable decline, it affects his number significantly. If he signs a three-year deal, he signs another one at 28-29. He's still ba-ba-boom. Matthews, the guy who's firing it in. The cap's I, going up. I had a three mils the right I had a pretty good conversation with a prominent hockey agent that said that uh, these guys, these stars now, are embarrassed about their salaries compared to what they're seeing in the NBA I, I think and that's the NFL. I think that's a fact. They are embarrassed. And and wouldn't you be? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm the best in the world at in my sport. Yes. And I'm making, you know. I'm making Kikuchi money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great point. Like, yeah. even use the this worst pitcher in, in the league <laughs> makes more money than me. Oh, my God. There's nowhere else to put him now. <laughs> no. Bullpen, what's next? Yeah. Mascot? He's Buffalo. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, it bothers them. I listen, I'll be honest. It bothers me as a fan because I want to be seen as on par can, with can those other sports. Can we remember that I think Connor McDavid's original contract on his last eight-year deal was... Uh, 13 and a half. 13. And talked it down. And, they, and it got talked down. And I think Connor led the talk down. Because he wanted to be seen as win, you know, team first. Dry sidle, I think. Dry sidle needed one. Yeah. And... It, to your point, not greedy. And you see, you know, I, I think those days are over. I don't, uh, you know, for the most part, moving forward. Nathan McKinnon, they dreaded giving him more money than Connor McDavid. David, they tried so hard to keep him under McDavid. Why? Because uh, they know in a few years, Rantanen's coming, and uh, he, they they want to win now. They they tried to guilt him too. I like that he took a hundred grand more than McDavid, and that is one thousand percent on purpose. Yes, no, it, it but it should have been 13, thirteen, at least five hundred or seven hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, more. it's very hockey that it's Just, not more. It's actually it's a, a very reasonable contract. A hundred might as well be. You might as well do one dollar <laughs> for a hundred. Like to bid one dollar. Oh, like, price is right. Yeah. Without so, going over. What do you think? I'd buy that for a dollar. What do you think? What do you think the number for Matthews will be? 13, so if he signs five? a three-year deal, thirteen five. No more. More. Fourteen. Yeah. Between fourteen and fifteen. It's the like it'll be the highest AAV in the history of hockey by far. Yager made eleven million. What twenty years ago? <laughs> twenty. That's insane. 20, 20 years I ago. think Matt Sundin here that. in Toronto was nine and a half. Was it? Let's look it up. Matt. You no, know this is no. What's so great about this time? As I'm, I didn't give a. I know. Crap. I almost swore. I went through like the Rolodex of the swear words. That I could <laughs> Nobody cares. Someone cares. Who cares? It was done. Who cares? No one ever cared, and that's like those Islanders but teams. But it didn't you know, affect they didn't anybody. Even know what each other made. It didn't affect anybody else. No. That's the pro, uh, and and now it's you're greedy now. It's so stupid to like view a player through the lens of the of a contract as a fan. You shouldn't have to know, but the reason they have to know is guys get traded because you can't fit them on the team. Mitch Marner's. You can't find a, a better example of a guy who's been perceived as holding back the whole organization. His contract. Yeah. Has been such a. They should love him. A, a, a lightning boy, rod. Points. Just. But, but I don't think. I think that conversation. 
conversations shifted big time. Oh no, it's over. But it's it it's over. but what we're talking we about is, it was- is is three years of it. Mm-hmm. He took abuse for three years, and now nobody's saying anything because it 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 worked out the way it was supposed to work out. It's fine contract. It's mm-hmm. Fine, but we know two more ca- years. The captain's move, yeah. and so they went. They they always went back to him. What do you think? Do you think the cap is actually going to go up? Like they projected by 2026, which is four years from now, that it's up 10 million. Whatever it is, the the, the stars will eat it all up. The, the bottom feeders, they're not going anywhere. You're still going to be at a million and a half. And that's. Yeah. There's, there's that's, a lot of guys in those player union meetings going, can we raise the salary floor? Again, last night's a prime example of why the Connor McDavid's and the Dry Sidles will. We'll suck it all up. Well, where were Toronto's guys? Nah, they're coming tonight. Yeah, I like I that. Hope so. Optimism. <laughs> It'll be fun show tomorrow if they don't. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Do you think a like a loss tonight mm. would start a bit of a like a little bit of a? I don't want Panic. to. I don't want to uh, use divulge. the P word. Should the, I use the, the poo eating grit on your face? Seems like you wanted to have it. No, I, no, I, no, it's too early. I don't need this right now in our show. Uh, the Leafs struggling out of the gate. It's too soon. How late in the season is too soon? So let's say ten games into the season, the mm. Leafs are. Give me a number. They're two and eight. It's a terrible. Oh my season. god. Oh, oh, Okay, three and seven. Two, three and seven. Two and eight. Okay, let's say they're two and eight. Heads are rolling. Yeah. Two, in ten games, you're gonna. Two yes. and eight. Heads are rolling. Agree. No way. How do you not? Ten hockey games where it's barely November. Can, can two and eights bury teams the whole season? Yeah. Look at the pressure it's, on these hockey games already. It's, it's the never. The season's over if they're bad in never, the first ten. It used to be American Thanksgiving. Not anymore, man. You could go. You go because of three point games. Go, it's like November you go two and ten. You, you may never recover off of that now. So you, you're Sheldon Keys fired at two and two and eight. Oh, I don't think I. That's a tough one to answer. But yeah, I, I mean three and seven, four and six. I don't. I, do you give him a chance to finally say, "All right, Willie, I'm moving you." Yeah. Do you do you make before a player you, uh, move before you fire the coach? Yeah. Do you not give him one chance to to say? I love one game law. Yes. <laughs> oh, and one in here. <laughs> I can still fix this, and I'm going to go do the thing that everybody's been telling me for the last three years to do: move Willie for a defenseman. He'll never. Ne- he is dug in. Oh yeah, he is yeah. dug in. Uh, did you throw the 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 two and ten record to him? <laughs> and, and, and you know, you know, how it dug won't be the record. Everything's great. <laughs> It won't be the record. It'll be Brendan in his office going, you have two choices. It's a red pill and a blue pill. One is to get fired. And the other is trade Willie. You know, that's the so, only way that's happening. So uh, here you go. If they go two and eight through this stretch, uh, they lost last night, as you guys may know. And then you go Caps, Sens, Coyotes, oh. Stars, oh. Jets, Golden Knights, Sharks. They'll be Kings, fine. Ducks. Yeah, they'll be fine. And, and then Flyers. Yeah. Like How many games did you give us? I don't even know. Sounded like 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, I seven, do know eight, in nine, the first 10, 10 games, ten, they had ten. three playoff teams so, from last year, and they weren't great ones. They were like the Kings, the Stars, and Caps. Six, three, and one. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're looking uh, for a that's five? That's got six, three. So six, you're looking at six, six two, three, and one over yeah, the next six, nine? Six, two, and one. 
I, I hope. Love it. I love setting the stakes, though. That... Uh, everything's great. We <laughs> solved <laughs> we nothing today. Should... We never solved anything. Nothing. It's not our job. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. <laughs> All right, so what's on tap? Uh, you, you pumped me up on a new Sammy show last uh, night, <laughs> and I got no Sammy last Tonight, night. There will be Sammy, and there'll be uh, J.D. Bunkus, did, Leafs Talk. Did you figure out how to plug in your camera? I did. I got my camera plugged in. I got a ring light, boys. I'm a real influencer now. Hey, so. Sam Cam, real Sam Cam yeah. tonight. Tune in if you want to see my face. Home opener tonight, Washington versus Toronto. Once again, join us tomorrow. Give us a rating and review. We'll talk tomorrow.